Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Join Justin Townsend and the Harvesting Nature crew as they explore the world of cooking wild fish and game while sharing recipes, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from their pursuit of wild food. We sure hope you ate before the show, because you're going to leave hungry. This is the Wild Fish and Game Podcast. Hey everybody, got your host here, Justin Townsend. And it got a bit of change to our regularly scheduled programming. So we have had for a while now a separate channel for the Antler and Finn podcast. And we made a decision to consolidate everything. And so now the Antler and Finn podcast that Adam Berkelman's host is going to become a segment of the Fishing Game podcast. Right now it's going to run throughout the week. Um, you'll see different episodes pop up and stuff like that, but we'll still keep the regular episodes of the fishing game. You'll just notice there's a slight bit of difference. Still great content, still awesome. If you're into uh, the audio cookbook and food history type format that we do with that show, it's just going to be a little piece of the larger, broader uh, wild fishing game podcast. So here's the first episode. It's Chinese venison and snow pea stir fry and how to properly stir fry. I'll kick it over to you, Adam. Take it away. Hi, I'm Adam Berkmans, and today we're making a Chinese venison and snow pea stir fry. This recipe was created by me. Now who doesn't love a stir fry? Quick, easy, healthy, and tasty, it's the perfect weeknight meal. Hunters in particular should be taking advantage of stir frying. The lean and flavorful meat of wild game goes perfectly in a well-made stir fry, and you can make the thin strips of meat necessary for the stir fry out of your trim pile. This venison stir fry is a perfect weeknight meal. Quick, easy, healthy, and most importantly, delicious. It's also infinitely changeable. I made mine with whitetail hindquarter, but you could just as easily use thinly sliced pork, duck or goose breast, pheasant, grouse breast, or the loin, flank, shoulder, or round from any ungulate. Pretty versatile. That's not all. You can also change out the vegetables to any light and crisp veggies like peppers, sugar snap peas, zucchini, spinach, kale, tender beans, asparagus, or celery. Tougher vegetables like broccoli or carrots work too, but you may have to blanch them first. 
The sauce is also riffable. You can add any flavors you like to the sauce, like chilies or hot sauce, vinegar, brown sugar, ginger, etc. You can also just use a store-bought sauce like stir-fry sauce, teriyaki, or sweet and sour to make things even easier. Proper stir-frying, especially wok stir-frying, is generally misunderstood by Westerners. In China, however, as well as the Chinese diaspora, it is nothing short of an art. Stir-fries here often consist of a ton of meat, random veggies, and a bunch of store-bought sauce, all added to the wok or skillet at once to basically braise down into a soggy mess. Tasty? Yes, actually, it's not that bad, but compared to proper stir-fry, not even close. There are a few easy tips to make your stir-fries better though, even if you don't reach the heights of a wok master. So let's get into them and see if we can elevate your weeknight stir-fry into something just as good as takeout. First off, let's get into the cookware you'll be stir-frying in. Stir-frying needs to be done over very high heat. Most restaurants and even some Asian home kitchens will have special stoves that send a jet flame roaring under the wok to keep it superheated. Many people will buy an add-on to the propane stoves that concentrates the flames to do something similar. The rest of us? Well, we're limited to how hot our stoves will go, and that means for pretty much anyone with an electric or gas stove, we'll be cooking on max heat. Using extremely high heat and big flames to cook stir-fries provides the food with a special flavor that you're just not going to get over an electric element. This special, complex, smoky flavor is called wakai, or the breath of the wok, and is the result of a myriad chemical and physical reactions taking place while cooking. The high heat of the wok caramelizes the food being tossed about in it. At the same time, tiny oil droplets are being tossed into the air and catching fire over the high flame of the cooker. They singe, adding their own special flavor as well. Even the seasoning of the pan, polymerized oils that have been built up over years of cooking, imparts a certain flavor. You may have tasted this wakai while eating at a Chinese restaurant before and wondered why you can't ever get your stir fries, fried noodles, or fried rice to taste quite like that. One way you can simulate the wakai flavor at home is by actually running a blowtorch over the contents of your wok while stir-frying. I'll leave it to you to dive down that rabbit hole though. But weren't we talking about cookware? Ah uh, yes, if your stove is going to be ripping hot, maybe it's not the best time to be using that non-stick pan. Non-stick pans degrade rapidly over high heat and are probably releasing all sorts of bad stuff in the air while they do it. Better to use a carbon steel stainless steel, or cast iron wok or skillet to cook your stir-fries in. They can handle the highest heat your stove can offer, and when cooked with properly, will still give you that non-stick action without all the Teflon breaking down. Okay, so we're using carbon steel, stainless steel, or cast iron cookware. But what type of pan should we use? Your standard frying pan with rounded sides and low edges will do the trick if you don't plan on stir-frying all that often. You're going to want one with a large diameter so you have the space to move everything around in the pan. The rounded sides will help facilitate tossing the contents of the pan, but you may run into issues with food flying out or with not enough space to stir fry everything at once. A deep sided steel skillet or your regular old cast iron skillet will also work just fine if you don't plan on cooking like this too often or if space is already at a premium in your kitchen. Cast iron in particular is good since it can hold a ton of heat. 
The high walls will keep food in the pan better than in a frying pan, but the straight sides aren't very good for tossing food around at all. The flat bottoms of both skillets and frying pans are also perfect for western style ranges, where they will sit flat on the element drawing heat. Your best bet for making stir fry though is obviously a wok, which was designed specifically for making stir fries. The bowl-like shape of a wok allows the rapid movement of food over different zones of heat. Its wide structure is perfect for tossing around food without making a mess, and its size is better suited to larger amounts of food. Since foods are moving through different zones in the wok, and often even through the air surrounded by the wok, you'll end up with food that shares the properties of steaming and searing, giving you those perfect tender crisp vegetables. A wok will generally be lighter than a skillet, especially cast iron, and can be found with many different handle configurations so that you can find one that best suits your cooking style. Woks are lighter because their metal is usually made thinner than your typical western skillet. These thin walls are much more conductive and allow heat to travel through and leave more quickly, meaning your wok is very responsive to your element. Your wok can be more versatile than you think as well. You can use your wok in tandem with bamboo steaming baskets to steam veggies, fish, or dumplings. You can use it to boil food or to braise. Woks make great vessels for deep frying due to their wide high walls, and you can even use them to lightly smoke food, like a tea leaf smoked duck breast for instance. Woks aren't one trick ponies, that's for sure. So what's the best wok to get? Well, first off you want a flat bottom wok if you're going to be cooking directly on your stove's element. Many woks come with rounded bottoms made for the jet flame wok range, so don't buy one of those accidentally. Your best bet will probably be to get a flat bottom carbon steel wok. Please avoid any non-stick Teflon woks, just no. You can buy carbon steel woks pre-seasoned or unseasoned, in which case you'll need to season it at home before cooking in it. There are plenty of easy online tutorials to get you through this. As I mentioned, woks come with many different handle configurations. You'll probably want a handle that doesn't conduct much heat, like wood, and depending on your strength, you may want to get one with two handles. If you struggle to lift a wok full of ingredients to toss the contents, then being able to use two hands is important. You could go to a fancy gourmet cookware store to buy your wok, but you're honestly better off heading to your nearest Chinatown and purchasing one there. Buy yourself a shovel-like Chinese wok spatula, a wire spider or strainer, and a bamboo steaming basket that fits in your wok while you're there, not to mention some groceries. Everything together will likely set you back much less than 100 bucks. Okay, so we got our wok ready to go. Let's start adding stuff to it to cook. No, 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 no. First things first, we have to set up a mise en place. A mise en place is a French term for having everything in order before you start cooking. Your meat should be sliced, your vegetables chopped, your sauce mixed, your oils and seasonings nearby, and ready to go. Stir frying happens fast, and if you're looking around for your oil or desperately trying to chop vegetables while your meat's cooking, it's just not going to turn out that great. So, get out some little bowls and prepare all of your ingredients beforehand, having them nearby and ready to plop into the wok at a moment's notice. Regarding what you're going to be putting in it, Westerners often feel like stir fries have to be chock full of different veggies, meats, and odds and ends. 
Now, this isn't a terrible thing, but the Chinese often keep things simpler, combining one to three vegetables with a bit of meat and some aromatics. I much prefer stir fries like this, and they're also much easier to cook. First things first, we need some sort of oil to cook everything in. You're going to want an oil with a high smoke point, like peanut, avocado, or sunflower, or something like ghee or lard to cook in. It's best practice to get your wok smoking hot, then add the oil, swirling it around to coat the entire wok. Flavoring oils like sesame and chili oil should be added in at the end or along with the sauce since they have a very low smoke point and will burn otherwise. Next we have our aromatics, finely chopped ultra flavorful ingredients to flavor the oil before cooking the rest of the ingredients. Popular aromatics are dried or fresh chilies, garlic, ginger, lemongrass, herbs, or pickles. Depending on what you're using, you may need to remove the aromatics after toasting them in the oil for a minute. You can add them back in at the end. Garlic or dried chilies, for example, will burn by the time the rest of the stir-fry is done, where ginger and herbs can be safely left in. You can even use things like whole peppercorns as an aromatic. You'll want to remove those from the oil and discard them after using them, though. When it comes to meat, Westerners tend to make it the star of the show. When it comes to stir-frying, though, meat should take a secondary or co-starring role and help support the vegetables. I like to choose leaner meats, of any sort, honestly you can turn anything into a stir-fry, and slice them nice and thin. Meats can really benefit from a short marinade before being stir-fried, even for just 15 or 20 minutes while you prepare your mise en place. To get that unique, ultra-tender takeout texture for your meat, you're going to want to apply a velveting marinade. Now what's velveting, you ask? Velveting is a Chinese marinating technique using baking soda, cornstarch, egg white, or a combination thereof in, con in conjunction with oil, cooking wine, and often soy sauce to soften and flavor the meat. I'll describe how to velvet venison with baking soda later on in the recipe portion of this podcast. To start, lay your marinated meat down in the hot oil in a single layer and cook it for about a minute on one side. Flip the pieces and cook for 30 seconds, then toss everything around until browned. Be sure not to overcrowd the wok, or you'll see your meat go from sear to steam. Never try to cook over a pound at once, and you'll probably do even better cooking about a half a pound at a time. If adding fast cooking veggies, you can throw them in with the meat, but if using slower cooking ones, it may be best to remove the meat and then add it back to the wok later. Veggies should be chopped into small, uniform bits. No big honking pieces of carrot that will never cook through. You want everything to cook fast and evenly. Hearty veggies like carrots, beans, broccoli, cauliflower, etc. may need to be blanched for a minute or two in boiling water to pre-cook them before adding them into the wok. Tender veggies like celery, mushrooms, peppers, snow peas, bok choy, onions, etc. can be added in as is. Your super tender veggies like lettuce, yes you can stir fry lettuce, tomatoes, scallions, basil, bean sprouts, etc. should be added in at the last minute of cooking. Try to limit your vegetable choices to one to three and pair them up thoughtfully. 
Stir-fried vegetables shouldn't be soggy. They should only be cooked for a short time to remove the rawness while maintaining some fresh snappiness. Next up is your sauce. You can use a store-bought sauce, but homemade is always so much better. Here's a recipe for a great basic stir-fry sauce. Half a cup of light soy sauce. Half a cup of chicken stock. Quarter cup of oyster sauce. Quarter cup of Shaoxing cooking wine or sherry. Quarter cup of cornstarch or potato starch. One tablespoon of sugar. One tablespoon of sesame oil. And one pinch of white or black pepper. The corn or potato starch is used as a thickening agent. Once the sauce hits the heat of the wok, it will thicken down into a clinging gravy. Cornstarch quickly settles though, so be sure to give your sauce another good stir before adding it to the wok. You'll want to have your sauce pre-mixed and waiting in a bowl beside the stove. Add it in by pouring it around the edge of the wok, wait a couple seconds, then reduce the heat to medium. Toss the contents of the wok in the sauce and let it bubble and thicken to your desired consistency before taking it off the heat. If you find the sauce won't thicken, dissolve a tablespoon of cornstarch into two tablespoons of water, turn up the heat, and add it to the wok. If your sauce has become too thick, simply dribble in water or stock until you loosen it up to your liking. Lastly, add your garnishes. Flavored oils, fresh herbs, chili flakes, crispy garlic, fried shallots, sesame seeds, whatever floats your boat. While your ingredients are in the hot wok, they should be getting tossed around either with a spoon or a spatula, or by lifting the wok and tossing the, the ingredients in the air. A good wok chef will do both simultaneously. If using an induction burner, you're going to want to stick to only stirring, as lifting the wok off the element cuts off the heat. If your stove just doesn't get all that hot, try letting the ingredients sit and sear for 30 seconds, then toss them, then let them sit again. Repeat this process until everything is cooked accordingly. So to recap, marinate or velvet your meat. You'll probably want to get your rice or noodles going around this time too. Prepare your mise en place. Aromatics ready, meat ready, all veggies cut, Sauce ready, garnishes ready to go. Get your wok ripping hot. Add the oil and swirl it around the wok. Add the aromatics to flavor the oil, remove if need be. Add the meat and give it a good sear on both sides, remove if need be. Add the hearty veggies, then the tender veggies, and then the ultra tender veggies, tossing them around constantly. Add the meat and aromatics back in if you remove them. Stir the sauce to reincorporate the cornstarch, then add it around the edge of the wok. Reduce the heat and toss everything together, letting the sauce thicken. Add your garnishes and take off the heat. Serve immediately. And that, my friends, is a stir fry. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear. 
which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Now for my venison and snowpea stir-fry. This recipe serves for and takes well under an hour to make. Ingredients For the stir-fry Half a pound of venison loin, sirloin, round, flank, or shoulder, cut into thin slices. One teaspoon of baking soda. One tablespoon of water. One tablespoon of soy sauce. One tablespoon of Chinese Shaoxing cooking wine or cooking sherry. One teaspoon of sesame oil. One teaspoon of cornstarch. 1.5 tablespoons of lard or cooking oil. Half a pound of fresh snow peas, ends trimmed. For the sauce. One tablespoon of soy sauce. One tablespoon of oyster sauce. Two cloves of garlic, minced. Two teaspoons of white sugar. Half a teaspoon of cracked black pepper. Three quarters a cup of water or venison stock. One teaspoon of cornstarch. To prepare, mix together the baking soda and water in a bowl. Add the venison and toss well. Let marinate for about 20 minutes. Prepare the rice if you're serving that with the stir fry. Rinse the meat off under cold running water, washing off all of the baking soda. Put it back in the bowl and add the soy sauce, wine, sesame oil, and cornstarch. Mix well and let marinate for another 10 minutes. Meanwhile, mix all the sauce ingredients in a bowl and set aside. Heat the fatter oil in a wok or skillet over high heat. Add the venison and stir fry, tossing and stirring often until browned about 3 to 5 minutes. Add the snow peas and stir fry for one more minute. Give the sauce a stir to reincorporate the cornstarch, then add it to the wok or skillet. Turn the heat down to medium and cook until the sauce has thickened about one minute. If sauce is too thick, add a quarter cup of water and cook for a bit longer. And if the sauce is too thin, mix one teaspoon of cornstarch with two tablespoons of water and add it to the skillet. Cook until as thick as desired. Serve immediately with rice. Enjoy! 
For more great wild fishing game recipes, be sure to subscribe and follow Antler and Finn. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.